That's all we got. So many good, good things coming up. So I'm going to invite Nikki and Katie up. Why don't you guys just, let's give them a round of applause. Let's welcome them. Gosh. My mic's on. Okay, guys, so we are starting, you can sit there, a new series tonight, Stories from the Seats, and we do this every year because we think that it's really important for us to hear about people's lives from different backgrounds and how God has moved in their life. So uh, Dave Bartlett always talks about how God's story is that people... um, in the world, screw up and need rescuing, and God rescues. And so we think there's power where God's story overlaps with, like, my individual story, and that overlaps with your story. So our hope with Stories from the Seats is as people like Katie share about how God has moved in their life, that maybe that gives you a new perspective on how God is moving in your life. So that's what we're doing tonight. This is my friend Katie. Yeah. One Oh Shout my out gosh, to the that one was person a horrible who started that welcome. Clap. Let's try again. This is my friend Katie. There we go. I like her a lot. Um, you guys might recognize her because she sings on stage at church in that big house all the time. So she's probably a familiar face. Um, she is married to Brad, the man behind the scenes. I don't know if people even know that Brad is a person. Aww. That's him. The truth is... Katie's like the stage presence, but Brad's the mastermind behind their uh, power couple, right? He, he taught me everything. No? He's not. Oh, I was just saying that so he wasn't mad at me. He taught um, me everything I know. There you go. So if you're impressed, you can thank Brad. <laughs> and if you're not, then it's just my fault. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Katie? Yeah. So Brad and I uh, got married about three years ago, just a little less than three years um, I work here at Orchard Hill Church for, uh, I do music stuff, obviously. And then um, Brad and I also do music stuff outside of Orchard. Um, play like at coffee shops and weddings and business parties and Do you just all that sing kind of Christian music? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I that last set was actually what we do. No. Um, That's yeah. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if I went into a business party and sang... Alive in you. Okay. So you sing real, like, not Christian songs sometimes. Right. Um, They don't think we're funny, do they? No. Um, No, I think, um, so we do stuff outside of the church, and I think it's really cool because if we only use our gifts inside of the church, uh, how would we ever grow God's kingdom? Um, So it's a different kind of impact. I get to meet a lot of people on, um, I'm getting a phone call. My brother's calling me. <laughs> um, I get to meet people on like a Friday night or a Saturday night that might not ever step foot into a church, and that's an opportunity for me to just get to know somebody and interact with them. So I love that. That's part awesome. Of it. Yeah. So you sing both in the church and outside the church walls. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, why don't you tell all these nice people a little bit about your background, like where you came from? Yes. Um, I graduated high school from C- or from in Cedar Rapids. Um, I won't tell you what school. I'll just leave you guessing because it might change your opinion of me. <laughs> <laughs> just say the good one. The good one. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I grew up, um, I would say I grew up being a Christian because that's what uh, my family was. We grew up going to church. 
and I don't actually know if I was following Jesus or just trying to be a good person. Um, uh, we did go to church on Sundays, but as far as youth group went, um, like Wednesday nights, I just hated it. Um, I didn't feel like I had any close friends there. Um, because it was in Cedar Rapids, it was like a huge church, and there was a bunch of people from different schools, and I didn't feel like I knew anybody. I was really uncomfortable, and so I just stopped going for a really long time. It wasn't positive at all. Right. Um, and then I think it was like my junior or senior year, I had a friend who invited me to youth group with them, and um, it was totally different. Uh, it was like we would we would just like watch a video for a teaching or we would study the Bible or sing a song if somebody remembered to bring their guitar that week. Um, but most of all, it was like, it was just a place where I felt like I could be myself. I could be honest about what was going on in my life and that people wouldn't judge me. And so that like, that started to change my perspective of what church was and like what the purpose of it was. Okay, so, so you went from a negative experience at youth group to a more positive one in high school. Then how about a little bit about college years? Yeah. Um, I know it looks like I'm still in college because I look really young. But um, <laughs> there, you're funny now. There you go. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I graduated a couple years ago from you and I. Um, but my freshman year, right after high school graduation, I went to the University of Arkansas. Um, I got a scholarship there. Don't, I, aren't they the ones who yell pigs yeah. or something like yeah. that? There you go. Um, weird. <laughs> it is super weird. Uh, I had just broken up with my boyfriend of a few years, and I don't know. Like, I had a, what's important to know is I had amazing friends in high school. That's like a big part of my story that I'll come back to later. Um, so I don't even really know what it was, but I was looking for a fresh start. So I went off to school at Arkansas. Um, that was not all that it was cracked up to be. Um, it was really hard because I didn't know a single person. Um, and so, Basically, my whole first year was just like trying to meet people and basically doing anything that it took to fit in, which for me meant like going out on weekends and going to parties to meet people. And then by the end of the year, I just kind of realized that like I know people, people that I can have fun with, but I don't really have any like close friends who care about me. So I came home. I came home that summer after my freshman year and just like knew something needed to change. Mm -hmm. Um, I was super dissatisfied just with how my life was going. I wasn't prioritizing school. Um, so I transferred to UNI. And it's weird because I did not want like anything to do with UNI when I was in high school. Um, I really wanted to go to like a big college. Um, and the reason I transferred to UNI is because, because some of those really great friends that I had in high school went to UNI. And I was so hungry for community, connection, friendship that that's why I chose to go there. Um, and like you and I, I thought that was going to be a fresh start for me. Again, a new fresh start. Um, but even going there, things didn't change right away. I had like a group of my high school friends who were like my good friends who were following Jesus and Christians. Um, but then I also like, I still wanted to like go out and have fun. And so I felt like I kind of had two groups of friends. And I felt like my options were... I could stay in on a Friday night and bake cookies and play board games, or I could like go out and dance and have fun and meet Wait, people. So your Christian friends were the cookie baking. Which like now I would way rather just play board games. <laughs> um, but no, and so that's hilarious. Like the big thing was that when I when I went to you and I, I thought that it was going to be a new fresh start, and really things didn't change. Um, 
all this fun that I was having was super short-lived. And um, yeah, so I was kind of back like a square one. Okay, so you have <laughs> the dorky Christians, for lack of a better word, or the fun non-Christians. Um, but definitely you felt loved by your friends who loved Jesus. Okay, so why don't you talk a little bit more um, maybe about like what you were doing and what God was doing. Just paint that picture just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so kind of what I talked about is like I was just looking to fit in. So I would go out and drink. And like for me it wasn't even about I'm drinking the, I'm drinking the liquid in this cup. <laughs> Although I was, I was under 21, so it was illegal. But for me it was like the decisions that I made when I was doing that it caused me, like, the next days and the next weeks and the next years to just, like, hate my life. Um, so it's like what Jeff was talking about when he was talking about idols and, like, the potato, right? So, like, you were doing things that brought joy temporarily, but they weren't, uh, like, giving you life, and you had to keep getting another potato when that one would run out. Yeah, and I think, I think basically, if you haven't already figured out, like, my idea of Christianity was just so skewed um, I wasn't drawn to the idea of Christianity or Jesus or church. Um, and so I felt really in between. I didn't know how to live because I knew that the way that I was currently living was not great. Uh, I was, like, reaping those consequences. But I also didn't know, like, I, I wasn't drawn to church. Um, I didn't know if, like, the whole church girl thing was what I really wanted. Mm -hmm. But what I did know is that I loved the way that I felt when I was around people who did love Jesus. And so... Like, my, my view of church and, like, what that meant was starting to change. It was God and other people that I was attracted to. Um, some of those friends that I had in high school who showed me that. Well, and I think it's so huge, Katie, and um, you guys really should hear this part, is that God came to you in a way that wasn't scary to you and came to you in a way that made sense to you through friends that you'd known forever. And you were friends with these people before they even started to follow Jesus. So they were safe. And I think that's huge that God comes to us in unique ways, like how we can hear in the current state that we're in. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so you have the skewed view of God. Um, and you kind of talked about like this paradigm shift that happened at some point where like you were thinking that God wanted something from you, right? Yeah. So during this time, like, I was just making a ton of mistakes. I was sinning. I felt like God was angry with me. I felt like I couldn't even get to God because of the mistakes that I was making. But I had these friends this whole time who loved God and were like, like God in some ways, who just accepted me right where I was at. They loved me right where I was at and, like, showed me that it wasn't that they wanted me to stop doing these things or follow these rules. It's that there was such a better life on the other side of it, like with God, and that he didn't need anything from me, but he wanted this life for me. And I just couldn't, I, it was like, that's a hard thing to grasp. Well, yeah, when you think that you need to act a certain way before God yes. will be kind to you. But the truth is God was kind to you mm -hmm. far before you made any changes at all. Um, so we kind of talked about God's kindness to you. Um, can you talk a little bit about that in your life? You kind of yeah. talked about that in Friends, but kind of how you learned more about that. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think for me it really struck when, when I didn't deserve it, like when I was at a low point in my life, was when he showed his kindness to me, when I didn't deserve it at all. And I think it took up until that point for me to feel that because like growing up in church or 
whatever, you hear all the time, like, God is good, and he died for your sins, and he loves you, but, like, you don't, like, I didn't realize how much I needed that until I screwed up so bad, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize the full weight of grace and how much I didn't deserve that. Like, he could have been angry, he could have stayed far away, um, but he just kept inviting me into a better life. He kept loving me through people. And so, like, I feel like his kindness was so much through people. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest way I experienced God when I wasn't willing to step foot into a church. People who loved me unconditionally while I was screwing up exactly where I was at, they just listened to me and encouraged me and didn't judge me. Um, And that showed me what God was like. And through that, through those people, I started to get more involved with college ministry. And at that point, it wasn't even about checking off this box of going to church, doing the right thing, reading my Bible. It was about, like, I just, I saw this kindness in God, and I wanted to understand what he was like because I've been wrong for so long. I didn't know that he was kind. And so, like, getting more involved, going to church helped me understand who God was who I am, helped me understand his word. And the biggest thing was it gave me like a community of people who encouraged me and loved me exactly where I was at. That's so cool. Um, Katie, we've been talking and you've heard, uh, we had a series on idols. So I wonder if you can maybe talk a minute about maybe idols that you recognize as you look back. Cause I'm, I bet it's not like you talked about the liquid in the cup that was the idol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's really easy for us to think that we need to change our behavior or that the idols in our lives are the behavior, drinking or the sexual impurity or the lying or the, you know, cheating, stealing, whatever it is. Um, And for me in college, that behavior, that outer thing looked like drinking, but it was really more significant than that. I would say that the idol in my life at that time and even still today is like, I just wanted, I wanted people to know me. I wanted people to think I was important and worth knowing. Mm -hmm. I idolized having fun, Um, and so it was that stuff that was deep-rooted in my heart, Um, and I still struggle with that. I still struggle with what people think about me, or if I fit in, or if I'm doing a good job or not, and I think, um, yeah, I think that's something that you never, like, it's a hard thing to get rid of, Mm -hmm. and it's deep-rooted, and it looks different in different seasons of Mm -hmm. your life, Um, and I think, um, I know that I can't fix it on my own, Mm Uh, But God in his kindness meets us where we're at. And God tells me that if I'm struggling with significance and I'm doing all these things to try to feel significant, when I go to God with my sin and with my feeling insignificant, he tells me who I am and he tells me that I'm valued by him regardless of what I do or not. And so that like satisfies my heart. And I don't even want to do those other things anymore, you know? You get tired of potatoes. Tired of potatoes. Um. There's a really cool story that I want to put you on the spot to share um, about being a chaos leader. So for those of you who don't know, chaos is the junior high version of Big House. And so can you share that, please? Yeah. Um, so when my freshman, or no, my sophomore year, when I came to you and I, I signed up to be a leader at chaos to lead a small group. And I thought that that was like the right thing to do. And I even thought that maybe if I could like be in church, that that would help me live the life I wanted to live, um, but my heart was not in it. And so in the middle of the first semester, I got caught drinking at UNI. And I was so ashamed that I just didn't go back. In the middle of the year, so I have this whole small group of girls, and I was with a co-leader, and my co-leader kept leaving, but like one week I was there, and then I was just gone. 
and I never showed up, and, I, and like, they had no explanation of that. Um, and, like, I thought God was mad at me. I was ashamed of myself. I felt like God was, you know, upset. I felt like I wasn't qualified to lead anymore because I had made this mistake. Um, and, and honestly, one of the hardest things would be I'd have to swallow my pride mm-hmm. and talk to them mm-hmm. about what happened and apologize. Um, and so long story short, I didn't go back. I never went back to chaos. And that's, that small group of chaos girls grew up, and they came to Big House. So years later. Yes. This is years later. Years after, you know, the drinking and all that. Um, but I remember super vividly standing right here and looking out and seeing those girls. Like, as I'm leading worship, I'm seeing those girls. And I know all this time that they have no explanation, that I just left one day and never came back. Um, and maybe they, I don't know, maybe they found out what happened. But, like, I would look at those girls. And even though this is years later, I'm standing up here in the middle of worship, in the middle of telling God how good he is, and I feel all this shame come back and reminding me of who I used to be. Um, and so last year on Caravan, uh, these girls were seniors. And this whole situation is amplified because I'm up, up front worshiping, leading worship at Rocky. And so there's like 3,000 people, but I know those big house girls are out there. Those chaos, that small group is out there. Um, and again, I'm up there in front of 3,000 people, and I feel all this shame, and I feel Satan telling me that that's who I am. And I'm in the middle of worshiping, and I feel like there's warfare going on of Satan saying, like, remember when you did that? Remember how disappointed they are in you? And remember all those mistakes you made? And so at this point, during that week of caravan, I knew that there was, like, there was still healing that had to be done. Um, and so it was really great. I had the opportunity to go. I asked if they would have me and just got to sit in on their small group one night and just, like, tell them the story of what happened and apologize to them and ask for their forgiveness. And that brought me so much healing and forgiveness. You make me cry. Um, <laughs> It's absolutely incredible yeah. to hear how God, like, I mean, you weren't doing that stuff anymore. It wasn't a part of right. your life, but it's still, there was effects of it. And God just, in his kindness, completely released that. Yes. That's absolutely incredible. Um, I think it's huge that when God, when we invite God into our sin, um, and when he points it out to us and helps us navigate it, like, you didn't, you don't feel judgment. Right? Yeah, and the crazy thing was, like, when I told this story to them, they were like, oh, man, like, we've forgiven you a long time ago. And so that was something that I had been holding on to for literally six years. And they said, we've already forgiven you. And they said, you know what? They said, when we see you up there leading worship, we see that it doesn't ma- it's okay if you make mistakes, that God forgives you. And that's, like, all I have ever wanted from, from like, leading worship is for somebody to know that if they can look at my life and see that like that girl is a screw up but God still (laughs) loves her and she still can worship then like so can I Mm -hmm. and so that was like I mean God just he just blew my mind in that whole situation and it took me like taking a next step to say I'm gonna I'm gonna step into to this healing and this forgiveness for myself right um Kitty you have a couple more minutes of these guys attention so I guess I just have a question like what, what do you want them to hear? What do you want them to know about who God is and, and what he did in your life? Is there any, like, final things you'd like to say to them? Yeah. I think I would just ask 
for you to <laughs> hear my story and believe that when I talk about God's kindness or God's grace, that like it's very real. And that I wouldn't, I don't want to sit up here to feel important or to look cool or so that I can have a microphone and talk. It's because like I actually believe in this stuff and I actually believe that it can make a difference in your life. And I think when I was sitting in high school and sitting in, you know, a seat of a, exactly where you're sitting, like, I would look at that and I would say, well, there's somebody, and, you know, they went through and kind of screwed up, but they figured out eventually, so, like, I'm just going to take that route. I'm just going to kind of do what I want and have fun. And, like, I just want to say that it doesn't work. And I, I feel like we hear story after story after story that it doesn't work. These things do not satisfy, but we don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have to learn for ourselves. And I just wish I, I, like, I want to save anyone from like, that regret and shame that I felt for years if I could help one person do that. Just that God really is kind. He really is good. He really does forgive. And like, there's going to be a day when you need deep forgiveness. And you're going to, I hope that you know that you can go to God with that that he's not mad at you and he doesn't want to be far away, but he wants to be close and he wants to tell you it's okay and work through it and heal that. Not just forget about it, but heal it. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I said. That's absolutely incredible. Um, so I just, I just so appreciate you getting up here and, and sharing about how God um, has been kind to you in your life. And as it's just so evident when I sit and watch you worship, and hear you talk to God while you're worshiping, that it is, like you said, you actually believe in it. And, and when you hear your story, it's because of the freedom that you've experienced. So thank you for sharing. Do you guys know that Katie doesn't like to talk in front of people? She, I joked that I was just going to, like, if things went down, I was just going to start singing. She said, if this goes bad, I'm just going to start singing. <laughs> she also was in show choir, so maybe she could, like, dance a little number. Why do you have to break that up? <laughs> Um, anyways, I think that what we're going to do is, um, did you have a verse you wanted to share that was important in your life? Why, yes. <laughs> um, See, she's showy. So, the best, one of my best friend, my, my best friend, who, uh, who really walked with me through a lot of this stuff, um, gave me this verse, and it's kind of been my life verse, and I, I believe that this is what God has for each of us. It's from the Psalms, and it says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises, that my life may worship you and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Yeah, I just love that. We're going to pray. I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for... Um, uh, the perfect made creation uh, that you made in Katie. Um, and God, the perfect creation you made in each person in this room. Um, God, thank you that you came to her in a unique way that was so safe for her and exactly what she needed um, in familiar faces, just loving her, God. Uh, it's so easy to see when we look back how you were moving in her life the whole time. And God, it's so hard to see that sometimes in the moment. Um, but I just pray that tonight as Katie shared a little bit about her life and you in her life, that maybe that can open our eyes in this room to how you're moving in our life right now, God. And, and maybe just help us differ differentiate between our um, own 
shame um, and, and negative thoughts, God, and the things that Satan wants us to believe are true, and the truth that you really do choose us and that we really do have meaning um, and significance because of what you did, not because of anything we did or didn't do, God. Lord, I thank you for your healing power in my own life. I thank you that you set us free so that we can um, share that joy and set others free. God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room tonight who feels like they need forgiveness and need grace and need healing, that in your powerful name, you would bring that to them, that you would help them, give them courage to take a next step into whatever that healing looks like or take a next step in getting to know you because maybe it's the first night that we're thinking about you as being kind or good. And God, I pray that if we feel like we've been set free, that you would then move us to love others unconditionally right where they're at. That's a hard thing, but God, I know that we can do it by your spirit. So we ask for that. Thank you for this room, for this time of worship, where we just get to come to you honestly with our lives, our whole lives, our brokenness, our celebrations, and say that you are good despite whatever circumstance we're in right now, whatever circumstance we will be in in the future that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you're faithful and that you're good. Thank you, God, that you're dependable. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.